0: This is an FOU Studios podcast. Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Geek XP, where we're going to level up with a little bit of GXP. As always, I'm your host, Peter the Geek. With me today, we got hashtag kill
1: Josh. Hashtag optional hashtag.
0: <laughs> and of course, we also have Bill Murray today. Yep,
2: that's my Facebook name. Not,
0: not that Bill Murray. Um, our, <laughs> our special guest today is someone who I owe so much to because of how she's helped me with my personal stage combat experience. She's a certified teacher with the SAFD. She's an actor, a director, and just a wonderful person. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Claire Yeerman to the room. Claire.
1: All right, Claire. Welcome.
3: Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: It's great, great to have you here. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Oh well, uh, you kind of gave me. Well, you already gave me a lovely introduction. So <laughs>
4: uh,
3: I am an actor, and uh, that's how I got started. And then when I was in grad school, that was where I started really focusing on stage combat. So um, that was where I started my journey into becoming a certified teacher and a fight choreographer, and um, then I also direct. So I work. Predominantly in the Chicagoland area. Okay. Um, I'm a member of a theater company in Bank Theater Project, and I generally just keep myself pretty, <laughs> pretty busy with uh, different acting projects and uh, teaching projects, etc.
1: Awesome. That that's great. Yeah. yeah. So, how much of your time do you dedicate between uh, your your combat work right now, and like, are you still like pursuing independent uh, projects, whether or not they involve combat?
3: Yes. Um, so for example right now I'm actually cast in a Tennessee Williams one act which there is no violence in that very Um, very different (laughs) very very different Um, it's definitely a horse of a different color Um, but then I'm also choreographing violence um, for a play called grace which has some gun work in it and then i'm doing a production of she kills monsters which mm. is um very fantasy driven i don't know if you're familiar with it but i it am not with... but
4: it
1: sounds like peter is
3: <laughs> right yeah, i <I'm> very excited <laughs> I've seen, i feel like scrolling. i've
1: seen a lot of people
0: that have been like pulling mm. up uh she kills monsters um i i don't i don't want to kill the momentum but we are starting to do it already so i really just want to make sure that we actually announce that it's just about time to
4: geek
1: out, out! <laughs>
0: All right, Claire. So what are we geeking out about today? I know it's probably going to be stage combat related, but what are we geeking out about?
3: Oh, my gosh. Um, well, we already started kind of geeking out about uh, yeah. She Kills Monsters. So, Let's do it! I mean, if, if I want to, I could say, you know, if we want to spin it, the one of the key elements in that play is Dungeons & Dragons. And so it's not your normal t- uh, quote-unquote stage combat all the time. You get no. to play with you know more fantastical weapons, uh, monsters. There's actually a, a fight where there's a character that comes on that is just a gigantic eyeball. What? So, what? <laughs> dude, this place sounds so, so cool, squared, and I've never heard um- of it. Yeah, so dealing with, like, okay, so how do you kill a character like that? And and what kind of costume are we really going to have them in? Because uh, I've done the show once where it was a human being, and I, now this time I think it is just going to be an eyeball running up
1: to the person. That's incredible. So, Does the eyeball roll up to the person? Right?
3: Or? Um, I mean, that could be a choice, too, yeah.
1: So
0: when you say that it's D&D-based, which is adding like the fantastic weapons and stuff, is it also, like... I, I I, I I don't even know how to phrase my question. Like, I just... Uh, how... <laughs> I've gotten
4: you
1: too excited. You, you what, have. What like... does the magic missile look like?
3: Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I... I... I made that joke in the production meeting and, like, one person laughed. I'm like, okay, <laughs> oh. I'm really glad you hired me because at least I know what that is. <laughs> yes, and, basically.
0: Um, <laughs> so, so I, I guess, I guess where my, what my brain is trying to ask is yeah. what, what, what is uh, – because from stage combat with fight logic and, every, like, it, like, trying to make it, like, su- super realistic, sword fighting mm-hmm. and stuff, that kind of stuff, what is the biggest change you've noticed going to, like, a fantastical D&D-type fight style?
3: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, the first I'm pretty thing good. I have is, you know, of course, dealing with the level of talent that I have. Because I can have really amazing ideas in my head, but if my actors can't actually facilitate everything that I'm dreaming up, I need to scale it back a little bit. Oh. Um. So um, so I do have a lot of ideas, and I'm excited. I'm going in in like a couple of weeks to really start with them. So um, one thing I like to do, because I usually have a couple of nerdier actors in the group, so I like to incorporate ideas that they have as well. Okay. Because um, I know a bit about D&D, but if someone's like, well, you know, a kobold actually does this. I'll be like, okay, cool. Oh, I yeah. Don't, don't. Right, right. In, um, in the newest so, edition
1: of the handbook, it no long, that bow is no longer as powerful. You should use a different one. Like,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, those, those people exist. Yes, they do. So I, I like
3: to make sure that people feel like they have a voice in it as well, so I can incorporate some of that. Um, but since it's fantastical, it doesn't have to be totally realistic. Um, things can be a little more, com- uh, not comic in a sense of funny, but, you know, kind of larger than life, you know, more fantastically based. Like Scott and Pilgrim, as long as I think, that's what I'm thinking. Scott Pilgrim versus the world, like that kind of yes. fantastical. Yeah. And, awesome. and I think if you establish the world really well, people will go with you.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely. Because yeah. if you start off right away with good point work for like a, some sort of duel, and then you mm-hmm. go to the huge spinny jump cuts, <laughs> it's not going to read quite right. as well.
3: Because also, by the end of the play, they're fighting a, is it five heads? I feel like that's wrong. Um, there's a multiple, I'll just say multiple-headed dragon that the five main hydra needs to battle.
0: Oh um, my god, they fight Tiamat.
3: It's the oh. Tiamat oh. to fight the oh my God. So, <laughs> Peter. Peter knows.
0: I am freaking out. So the way
3: we're going to be doing it is actually with puppets. And so it's yes. going to be very stylized. It's, so it's going to be pretty cool.
0: I am geeking out so hard right now. I'm so <laughs> jealous you get to work on this.
3: Puppets are awesome too. Well, it is a really popular show. So the chances that it will come around again and I will choreograph it again. And I could always maybe pull you into it. You know, mm. there's always that aspect. Mm-hmm. So just, you know. I'll let you know. Oh definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so cool. Gosh, I, I, I I'm a little bit stuck on it right now, but um uh, uh yeah, I I'm
3: I, it is kinda shiny. I I'm sorry, I have to throw out a Firefly reference whenever I can. Mm, it's
0: shiny. I love it. <laughs> so um when uh, kind of keeping along this kind of more fantastical, um bigger fighting style kind of thing. Um uh-huh. When, uh, I mean, when we go to see movies, there are so many superheroes out right now. It's oh, yeah. almost like we kind of like it's, it's almost like an elephant in the room ends. with the fight. It's it, it, Sometimes I, I was watching Avengers because I'm doing The Road to Infinity, which is one movie a week until Infinity War comes out. And I just watched The Avengers not that long ago. And there are some fight moments that literally don't make any sense like uh-huh. jumping and spinning with a huge punch across the
1: face even You're, Captain America does that to Loki the Captain I You're, actually you were
2: ready to say that I, wa- oh, yes.
0: I watched it again I think it might be a, supposed to be a kick I don't know for sure because he does this wonky like split thing when he's throwing the punch but but again I don't know that
2: feels frivolous
0: I, it, It's it was weird <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. Like, you, you have to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's in the German scene when Loki, he's got the staff to his okay. head and it's the Neil and not today. And he like lands the punch on today. But it's just a weird move.
3: <laughs> There's a lot of that in movies where you'll look at something and you're like, what the hell? And you, you want to go back and Look at it again. You're like, that doesn't really make any kind of logic. One, why you would do that? What was the purpose of that? Or, okay, no, they just really wanted him to spin in the air because it looked pretty. You know, yeah.
2: That's so um, the answer a lot of the
3: time. Right. My, <laughs> exactly. I
1: think my favorite impractical move that I see in movie fist fights is the jumping and leaping punch. <laughs>
2: yeah, where, where where
1: you have no part of your body on the ground as you throw it's a. There's like no force actually. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's oh a, yeah,
0: it's a superhero punch. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah, it happens way too often.
1: I, I also see like i want to say i've seen the rock do it one of the fast and the furious movies um <laughs> he goes yeah, higher. It, yeah it's something you see in modern action movies and i just i don't see how that could have much impact
0: so i guess mm-hmm. when when you are trying to choreograph you, you have to work at least try to work fight logic into it a little bit so that it makes sense yeah. how how do you find you you tackle when it's like i want i want a flashy spin move like the director says how do you, how do you find yourself justifying moments like that
3: Oh, question. Um, well, one, I, I, the person who I, I learned this life lesson from will remain nameless <laughs> because, okay. um, well, it was a negative on their part, but I, I had a, I had an old friend who used to really suffer from, I, I think like the chronic, like cool move syndrome. So, um, <laughs> syndrome. he would pull me in to help him with choreo. And, uh, next thing I know he'd be telling me like, all right, so I want you to like thrust over your shoulder and then you're going to bob and weave. I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, is this that shit move from Blade that you want to? <laughs> I was like, you know what? That that works on film. That works on film. On stage, this this is not going to work. Um, so I think you're gonna do yourself a disservice if you have one a move that is illogical to do on stage and that just isn't gonna work because we don't have all of the I don't know all the things, but all the special effects magic that they can do in a movie. Yeah. So mm-hmm. one what can we do on stage would be my first question. And then how do we work it in so it can make sense? Even if it's something simple and I use simple kind of loosely, like uh, I did a fight and I was like, okay, I want this fight to end with you getting kicked in the face. Mm -hmm. All right. So how do we get to that point to make it work and to make it make sense? So it's not just like, okay, there's a random face kick. Why?
4: Mm
3: -hmm. And would the character actually kick the person in the face? If I come back and think, no, they probably wouldn't for whatever reason that is. Whether it be skill, who knows? Maybe they at that point they're they've been immobilized and they can't use their legs. You know,
4: right.
3: knowing all of those questions so that it doesn't seem odd um, is one thing, um, but it's just building to it. Um, so I think you can have really fantastic moments, but I think you can also have really simple moments done well that will creep people out. I mean, just some of the. Fights I've seen recently, both on stage and off, some of the noises you hear make it's like (laughs) ah, the the body part noises Um,
2: you definitely don't want to hear, like that celery cracking noise. Yes, (laughs) I I just
3: uh, rewatched John Wick two, and I was like, oh, some of the noises in that are just horrible (laughs) in such a great way (laughs) like oh horrible whoever did the sounds for this is like spot on
0: speaking of sounds in combat one of my slightly off tangible one of my it's one of the most enthusiastic sound designs i can think of the the first mask of zorro with uh (laughs) uh with anthony hopkins and antonio banderas when you listen to those sword fights they are ridiculous ridiculously over <laughs> overfought. Oh, but mm-hmm. they're glorious in that over-exuberance. <laughs> I recall this.
1: They did have some awesome sword fights in that movie. I remember that. Oh, so good, mm-hmm. so good.
0: So, I mean, uh, speaking of sword fights, um, yeah. I, I mean, all these questions. It's hard. You know, it's kind of hard when you have we're we're talking and we're talking about a very visual medium. Um, mm-hmm. But. W- w- to, to people who aren't super stage combat like, I'm an advanced soccer combatant, um, I want to be a certified teacher someday, which would be great. But if they don't know stage combat, what mm-hmm. are, in your opinion, what would be a great way to explain the difference between what works in sword fights and what doesn't work in sword fights?
3: In terms of stage combat?
0: In stage combat film, anything. Sky's the okay. limit.
3: Um. Mm.
0: Sorry if I stumped you. Didn't try to.
3: No, it's okay. I'm, I'm like going back through the phrasing. um So I think the thing is believability. So, and we don't want it to be a point, you know, I never want it to be a point where the audience is scared for the actor because if that's the case, I've failed. Now, as a choreographer, I feel like I've failed. Now, right. I have yeah, definitely. You should, they should choreograph- be
1: afraid for the character, not the actor.
3: Like the Spider Man right. issues. the Spider yes. Man issues. Nobody like, wanted yes. to see that musical for a good reason. <laughs> Right. Now there are some really intense plays out there and I've choreographed some pretty gritty stuff because Chicago likes it gritty. Yeah, they do. Um so the subject matter might be making you uncomfortable, but you should leave the productions I work on not being fearful, like, oh my god, did Claire just kill Peter? No, Peter's <laughs> fine. <laughs> He's okay, don't panic. Um so I think the first thing is you're not worried about the air, uh, the actor, but then the next is you really sincerely are worried about the character. I really want you to be, um, believing that that person is trying to stab them, cut them, what have you, and that it looks plausible. Um, so that is the thing I love. I love sitting in the audience for shows that I've choreographed and hearing the vocal reactions to things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that that worked there, that worked there. And then throwing in things they don't expect. Um, so, like, I like to incorporate sometimes, if I can, if it's not a, you know, like rapier and dagger where you don't have a free hand. But throw a punch in, throw a kick yes. in because they're expecting the sword to do something. Uh, what happens if a person goes to the ground and one person is still you know, upright <laughs> still and the other standing. person's on their back? Mm-hmm. you know. So adding in elements that make the fight more desperate, make it more challenging. Um, I love working with found objects so it's not yeah. just a regular fight. Scrappy I mean, um, fights. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a show that has a sword fight in it, but um, it's an old movie um, that is also a play called Dial M for Murder, and this woman oh, yeah. is getting choked out on a desk. <clears throat> and, uh, right before she gets thrown there, I had her pick up the trash can and bash the guy in the face. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no one, no one was expecting that, but it's like, you know, this is someone who has no fight training at all. Mm-hmm. This woman, you know, is just a normal, ordinary person. What would she do to try to not get killed? Well, grab the stuff around yourself. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. All right. Here's a metal trash can. Bang. That's good. Yeah. That'll get away from you.
1: That'll, that'll do some damage no matter, no matter what. Yep. So I want to mm-hmm. throw some. This might uh, be a kind of background for those in the listening audience who may not know this, but the actual training you go through to become a certified uh, fight teacher uh, yeah. is a bit more extensive than people might think. And it's not just a, a generic, this is combat. It's like you have hand to hand, you have your uh, blades, you have. Uh, sword training. Uh, so, uh, not to go back too far, but like, what what do you need to go through to end up with the kind of certifications and the kind of opportunities that you get here?
2: Yeah. Because I know none of this. I'm totally that listener that's like, please oh. tell me how you become a teacher of stage combat. That sounds um, awesome.
3: Well, I will I will spare you some of the um, the protocols with the SAFD because there are many. But first and foremost, oh, yeah. you need to be um, certified in all eight weapons. So, unarmed, a rapier and dagger. Uh, single sword, small sword, quarterstaff, sword and shield, broadsword and knife. Um, that's that's awesome. That's crazy, right? <laughs> um, so cool. Uh, right now, I mean, you can also get uh, certified in theatrical firearms. However, that, unless they've changed something, I don't think is bad required, but that may have changed. So if I misspoke speaking on that, I'm sorry. I mean, I was just at the um, I was
0: just at the national this last year and it's not technically it's still not required from what I remember, but it's something that you want you, know, you obviously yes.
3: wanted in your it workout. was something yeah. that, you know, before I became a CT, we all got it. So it was like, okay, do we need this or no? this is just gravy. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. Good gravy. Um <laughs> so sorry, I know it gravy is good. Um, but you <laughs> need to you need to start with that. You also then need to have Uh, logged a certain number of hours in each discipline to even be considered eligible uh, to apply. And then there's timing and other things. So they really want to know that you've taken the time to learn the disciplines, taken the time to work with also different teachers. You need There's a requirement to work with um, a variety of different individuals. So it's not just that you've only trained with one person. They really want you to get out and get as much experience with different people because as Peter probably knows, we all teach a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So we all have our own styles. You know, some people come from a very theatrical background. They started, you know, like me, you're an actor and you stumbled on this and you thought it was really cool. Um, other people started in martial arts and Mm. so they have a very different perspective. Now they're also, you know, in theater, but you know, their background is not my background. Um, and then there's, you know, variety there. And then there's also people who have a really strong military background and martial arts background. So then they have another perspective. So the more people you get to play with and get to know um, is really helpful for you because I think it helps you find your voice and incorporate that into the work that you do.
2: I like that they make you do that. That's like really important. I teach myself. So it's like really cool to think that they actually make you go to other teachers and like feel around like feel around that's so important about like learning yeah, you got to yeah. learn from a lot of different people
3: mm-hmm. and i mean not just in theater but i mean i've had and in stage combat but you know, even if you have a teacher you don't particularly like or care for their style, you're still oh, yeah. going to learn from that. Oh yeah. So
0: mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. Um, uh, one of the, he's a choreographer in in New York, Jay Allen Sodeth. He was the guy mm-hmm. who, who I worked with him. I uh, just went to the National Stage Combat Workshop this last year, very much so thanks to Claire. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like, I I can't I cannot thank her enough because I I did my sp my skills renewal for my rapier dagger, which I've I now have it. I've had it for like five or six years now. Um, mm-hmm. Now I have it for three more. Well, two more now because it's been a year. Um, and then I went for my broadsword and my unarmed, both with Claire, whose choreography is very, a very specific style. It's very I like it a lot. And then going to national <laughs> with Alan, it's I it's I like it a lot. But it is some of the most like left field, dramatic, like dramatic, but not in a desperate way choreography you're going to work with because he he fights dirty in his Mm -hmm. fights like it is Mm -hmm. ridiculous to work with him so just in there in the span of working with two teachers with the same weapons one of them had us use like use the the pommel like a hammer one of them had uh, like the glissades and um, where you have the blades pass with each other was one of the main parts of the fight like it's just ah it, mm-hmm. it, and, and it, it, I mean I'm also a, a total geek for this kind of thing I love the sword no combat shame, no, shame. no shame at all so like to me mm-hmm. it's that much cooler when you feel those different styles and then when you do have to choreograph something that's different like when you're going to a fantastic style versus a super realistic style versus I want this moment to happen you then have the toolbox to be like okay I mm-hmm. know that this is going to read well here versus I just want him to throw his shield at him because he's desperate
2: uh, out of curiosity, this is a super random question. Yeah. Uh, like in big fight scenes in like movies, for example, like Helm's Deep, how many stage combat people are working on those to make those
3: as badass as they are? Take it away, Claire. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wish Patrick Kelly were here. Um, I know. So uh, I'm trying to think on some of the things he told me because Patrick Kelly is also a certified teacher, and he is he's worked on the TV show Vikings with uh, Richard Ryan, and Richard Ryan does... Uh, not sure the right title, but he does uh, the sword work, I want to say, for that TV mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Um, I've seen some of the photos he's posted, and it seems like it's a pretty large group of guys that they have. So I'm going to take an estimate and say like 50. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. again, they might have more sometimes. They might have less sometimes. I think it depends on how large the battle is.
2: Yes, that's cool. It's just cool to think about that there's people just like in the background doing the same thing over and over again. And I'm totally mm-hmm. now going to like try my best to pick that out when I watch movies now for fun. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. Well, sometimes mm-hmm.
4: some
1: guy who can barely see through his Uruk makeup.
2: Yeah, but, <laughs> I
4: mean, sometimes
0: I mean, but that's true. Sometimes you look at the people in the background. I mean, um, I, I mean, I when in, in college. I had to write a paper about some different fights uh, with Matt Kreider, um, who was my teacher. And sometimes you look at them; they're literally just like holding hands, like and on a weapon, like f- pushing back and forth. <laughs> because it's easily repeatable, it looks brutal, and it's yeah. something that might happen on a battlefield. Like it's right. simple, but
2: it, it could be but they, but they
1: do it for a solid two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we flash Yeah,
3: they do. yeah, oh, yeah. someone pulls that dagger out and is trying to put it through the chink in your armor, and you're like, no, 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 <laughs> please no, please no. Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: Mm. Right. Absolutely. Oh god, I didn't even think about makeup, Josh. I like just you just said like the orc makeup. I'm like, oh gosh, stage combat when you are like dressed as a ridiculous character must be
3: horrible. I
0: haven't had to do it yet. Have you had to do anything like that, Claire?
3: Uh, I'm trying to think. Inhibiting what costumes my most difficult. I mean, really, the only frustration I had was when I did. I was the lead villain at the Bristol Ren Fair for a couple years, and um... awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I was... just like got so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I would choreograph a fight and, you know, in fight clothes, I'd be like, oh, this is going to be brilliant. And, you know, I'd, you know, be jumping, running around, falling down, getting back up. And it was fine. And then I would put the costume on and I'm like, wait a minute. Now I have this very long skirt that I have to deal with. And my uh, my costume usually probably weighed between like. I'll, I'll be nice and say 30 pounds oh. with everything mm. on it because you're wearing a pullst- Well, you're wearing upholstery fabric pretty yeah. much yeah. And leather, <laughs> a leather and metal and all this other stuff. Yeah. So once you put it on, you know, don't get on a scale. Um, <laughs> but um, with everything I would have around my waist because I'm corseted and then I also have my sword belt on and all of that, I started finding with the new costume and they had built me in my second year, I couldn't really bend. Oh,
1: geez.
4: And so,
3: I had choreographed this move where I got like, I don't remember. I think I got smacked in the face and I fell down and I couldn't get up. Oh no. no. I was like a bug on my back. I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Oh no. And so everyone was laughing and I'm like, I can't bend because of the corset and all this, there's so much fabric around my middle. I can't bend. So the guys were laughing. I said, fuck you. You're in a doublet and tights. You of course can do it Uh (laughs) with me. I was like, "Mm." so, you know, that was probably the one thing of, you know, um, editing my fights a little bit to know like, okay, I probably can't go to the ground. Um, um or, or to just get some pants no- for sure <laughs> yeah oh i fought them on that i actually fought for uh doing a fight where i like ripped my skirt off and fought oh. business, and management said no all women on the streets have to have skirt
2: like, oh Pasha, oh. sure, but you're the villain you do what you want <laughs> right i was like come on now like
3: couldn't i just lose it somehow that's what I'm a revealing get-
2: cool scene like oh, that would yeah. have been so
3: cool at a run fair i would have loved to have seen that I, mean, I was like, couldn't I have been in, like, disguise, like, you know, come in in a mask? I'm like, no, no, fine. Okay. Well, it's, um, it's
0: interesting you bring that up because um, I know several members of Vixens on Guard, which they're an all-female fight troop, and they fight mm-hmm. in corsets, and one of the big staples of their outfits is they, they do wear p- pants. They wear tights. Yeah. And there are some Ren Fairs that say, um, but if you're going to come, you have to be in skirts. And the Vixens are like, no, this is, we are, fem- is we we are female fighters. This is what we do. And so they like they always fight, and normally they succeed because the vixens are freaking awesome. But yeah, it's they it's, are.
3: I've gotten to see them before.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, awesome. They but, yeah. really,
3: really are. But it, it's a challenge too, you know, for um for women. You know, there's the the uh, comment of you know, um, Ginger Rogers did everything Fred Astaire did backwards and in heels, and it's true. You know, you start <laughs> thinking about oh, that yeah. of okay, how do I modify my fight now that I've got all this other stuff going on you know, um, to make it work Um, in terms of choreography, the trickiest thing I ever had to choreograph by costume wise for an actor. um, I did a stylized commedia show and um, the Capitano character had this really amazing face mask, but his nose was so long. It was impairing his vision. So he was having some problems when he was sword fighting because his nose was in the way. So, we wanted to make sure one that we didn't damage the mask, but he's like, I'm having trouble. Like, like he would kind of go cross-eyed because if he looked straight on, his eyes would just zero oh, in on the nose.
1: Oh <laughs> man.
3: So I was like, okay, well let's work through this to make sure that he can, you know, how can we work around so that he can see where everything is? he yeah. he's got this huge schnoz to deal with. Oh, that's so <laughs> it's terrible. Such um, <laughs> it's such a funny thing to think about. I was going to say that, that yeah. it's not
0: a problem you would necessarily expect.
3: Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So there were some. There were a couple moves I modified because I'm like, okay, he just can't see it because the nose is in the way. So let's make it a high line, or let's make it a head cut, or let's do this instead, so we can get it to a more comfortable place where he can then adjust.
2: It's it <laughs> such a funny thought every time we say when the nose gets in the way, I just immediately have yeah. that image in my brain. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> my, see,
0: mm-hmm. I went to Cyrano because Cyrano has a great sword fight in it, and yes, I mean do that. I, I, and even
3: I, if you want, um, you know, going back since I love found objects, yeah. you watch the Roxanne version with Steve Martin. Yeah. That is a brilliant uh, found object fight. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It's been gonna a, I was, I was just going to say, yeah. I need to watch that. It's been a really long time. It's since still
2: great. It. Steve Martin's still great. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's good to know. I mean, I would expect, I would hope and expect that to be the case. Um Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, uh, I, 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 it's... Every time I I meet you, I always want to pick your brain about this kind of thing. Um, But more and more, (laughs) more and more frequently, um, uh, a lot of, especially with modern plays, there's a lot more like um, domestic style, like found found object, with especially like kitchen knives and just like unarmed kind of stuff. Um, How? how do you find do you find yourself getting trapped in certain loops or do you find that because each plane each blocking each actor is is so different you you don't have to like you don't find yourself doing the same four to five moves every other show
3: oh no I've I've never felt trapped um by any of the choreography in fact more so I think uh, uh there are definitely more times where I read a play and I'm like dang it, playwright? I was like, you come up with the darndest things. I'm like, (laughs) you know, so they're they're coming up with things that are forcing us to get more inventive, which is good, but sometimes it's really challenging to figure out, you know, financially. I mean, I think financially is usually the first hurdle because, you know, a theater company can approach me and say, we're doing this play, this is what we want, and I'll say, what's your budget? Nothing. Cool, we're not doing that. (laughs) Um, So... You know, a, a lot of times people don't even consider that. And I mean, and by consider that they might not even think of blood costs money.
4: Oh, yeah. True
3: that. Blood costs even, money. <laughs> blood costs money. Even just making the most basic blood is going to cost you some money. And then also cleaning said blood is going to cost you some money. Yeah. Um, so then going, you know, past that. Okay, well, now let's talk about what we need to do for this, <clears throat> this violence that's about to happen. Um, I love Knife. In fact, right now, I probably would say it's my favorite. Mm. Um, I also get to use it the most, so I will come up with some pretty particularly nasty things to do to people on stage. Yes. Which, <laughs> I um, love the way you with... said that. You seem so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's way creepier that I'm, like, smiling really big while I say that. <laughs> and, um, so... <laughs> But the next important thing is, I would say, you know, being in, in Chicago and, and definitely other, the, or, um, not other theaters, but other towns that have a lot of small space theaters, um, being respectful of the audience. So, you know, knowing what is appropriate to, you know, portray what needs to be done in the script. But also, you don't want your audience to walk out and vomit. Yeah. Um uh, <laughs> I mean, a friend of mine did a production in Chicago uh, many, many, many moons ago, and that was actually something that happened. It was so gratuitous, the audience would walk out and vomit and then come back to see what was happening. Oh, my gosh. Um, and and oh my... he was very proud of the Whoa. work, and I wish I could have seen the show. But now he questions, like, maybe, maybe, you know, <laughs> we, what, was that the goal we were you know aiming for
0: um I, I, i'm having trouble thinking of anything that like could what
3: play yeah like maybe like well like tis what pity she's a whore oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, to, to finish is a whore uh
3: tis pity she's a whore tis pity she's oh. a whore i mean i'm still just starting like there's a scene where they cut out a woman's heart and they actually oh. had a real heart on stage oh, oh. fun yeah, so they got do it, do it from a butcher shop yeah
1: oh, awesome. wow. that'll, that'll
3: probably free people out yeah yeah yeah
0: so, um, interestingly, it's I. I was asked to choreograph knife um, for West Side Story for a high school at one point um i'm you know i'm proud of the work i did uh so Mm -hmm. none of this is me being like i i should have done this i'm actually i'm interested to hear what your opinion of what i did was because i know i know what the (laughs) script says i do need to i know what the script says but (laughs) i denied what the script says for the moment where everything got killed because um i had my i had the two of them end up in the knife fight on the ground with both Mm -hmm. with one knife um, trying to push down on the other because I had Bernardo get disarmed and it was Riff pushing down on Bernardo and that's when Tony um, pulls him off.
3: But mm-hmm. Bernardo
0: ended up keeping the knife and I did a, a one of those a leg cuts so that it was right on the femoral artery and mm-hmm. just a really quick death for Riff then. And then mm-hmm. I had Tony pick up the knife and cut Bernardo's throat instead of a stab like most people do.
2: Whoa, fun. Yeah. Fun change.
0: It was fun. And a lot of people, when they found it out I was the fight choreographer, said, you cut that child's throat. And I said, hold on, I didn't do that, first of all. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, but you did. <laughs> I did. Um, I had way too much fun with it. But yeah, so I'm interested to, see, to hear, because it is West Side Story. There's a lot, a lot of like expectation around that show. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was also very impulsive, it was not like a slow, like drag across. It was like, you just walked open. It was almost like an impulsive, like I did it. And then like surprised he had actually finished, like done that. It
3: was a a passionate moment, um, which I think, you know, one of the other things that I talked about this a little bit already is, you know, uh, what the character's knowledge base of fighting is. And then, um, you know, like how are they feeling in that moment? You know, so what I would think of in Tony doing something like that is it's not premeditative at, at oh, all. It's God, reactionary.
0: No. Yeah.
3: So he grabs it and does it and then he realizes what he's done. So with that, I would say, yeah, OK. Yeah. And if the director is on board with that, if that is part of their vision and they think that that's where it could go. OK, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. I mean, every production is going to be different. I've already choreographed three Macbeths and none of them have been the same. Okay. <laughs> so um, and I expect that. I mean, um, I'm I'm sure I could go back if I get the opportunity to do other plays multiple times. I'm going to have the same thought of it's never going to be exactly the same. Also, because I'm never going to want the choreography to be exactly the same. But, um, you know, some shows, fine. You know, West Side is always going to be knives. Other shows, you might even change the weapons.
4: Yeah. Um, Hmm.
3: So I've done a Macbeth that was all broadswords. I've done a Macbeth that was all found objects, knives and guns. So, because we did and a young. modern telling cool. of it. Yeah. So, um, so it just depends, kind of where, uh, what the director's concept is, what they're trying to do with it, what the space allows. You know, because yeah. there are That's plenty of spaces with. around here where there's no way you could put a broadsword in there, <laughs> or you'd have to be very, very careful. <laughs> um, I would be interested to love. see a. I would be yeah. very,
0: very interested to see a very, very careful broadsword broad fight.
3: Right? <laughs> yeah. it's like Aww. no. So, I mean, I would say typically around here, you're going to see a lot of unarmed, you're going to see a lot of knife and gun, and then you're going to see found objects. If you have a space that you can fit swords in, good for you. But, <laughs> you know, more often than not, it's between budget and space. You know, it just might not be able to happen.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, but but
3: for you, I think that, you know, that's definitely a, a fine choice, you know, as long as you and the director were on board with it.
0: Oh, yeah. And she was. She... She likes to push things, so she was happy. Sounds like you
2: pushed it for that high school, man. I (laughs) I wish I was there.
0: Oh, I also had a, um, during, I I didn't necessarily agree with this choice, but she wanted um, Bernardo and, uh, uh, what's his name, not Grease, Diesel, to have a full-fledged fight before Tony got to the scene. So I Mm -hmm. I choreographed a full-on unarmed fight for them. And there was a face kick that nobody believed, like, nobody understood how it happened, even though it's one of the simplest just hand-in-front-of-face kicks. Mm. But, like, yeah, it was, it was brutal. And the audience was uncomfortable. Because, like, with, like, not, not uncomfortable, like, oh, my God. But, like, it could t- they were enjoying, like, the, the moments of violence. Because... Cool that you got the
2: kids yeah. to do yeah, that. Like, yeah. high school kids. Yes. Like, in it, doing it for real. That's pretty yeah. awesome.
0: It was like, oh, my God, kids are fighting. What is happening? In a small town called Wyoiga.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, this is actually we've been talking for thirty five minutes no, now. We haven't. Yes, we no, have. No, we haven't. What? So um, it's it it's time for the Geek Out session to end, and we now have to actually transition to plus ten XP. Yeah. This is where I say, Claire, you're. The, it's not about you anymore. Okay. It's...
4: Oh, all right. It's about us.
0: Uh, this is actually when we can, I mean, it's reserved for, like, if we have anything specific we want to talk about, if the geek out goes in completely random, tangential directions. Um, I know Josh has a question he wants to ask you.
1: Right, right. I, I'm tempted to talk, to ask about, like, the different kind of sword fighting styles that you see in different movies, like, the difference that you see in, uh, Star Wars as opposed to Game of Thrones and things like that. But, like, I have a more basic question first, and that is, in this, uh, this certification process, you ended up a, a master, uh, a combat teacher, uh, mm-hmm. and- I'm wondering because I, I'm sure in the beginning it's so much about uh, what is proper technique and what is proper safety, At what point in the process do you get to, and now these are the uh, what the oh, what's the word I'm looking for? the I have no idea. Limits? Th- no, no, these are the, uh, the kind of leniencies that we allow oh. uh, and w- where we diverge from real combat to add flair for a performance setting. Uh, At what point, like, is that instructed to you, or do you kind of pick that up through working with these teachers of different styles?
3: Uh, I'm not sure if I'm fully understanding your question, because safety would never be thrown out the window. Oh, no, no. Protocols and techniques won't go away, but if you're talking about the the performance of the fight— That Mm -hmm. is something that uh, every teacher I know focuses on from day one. I think it's a lot Mm. harder to go back. So, I mean, if I just look at this as a, I'm going to teach you this technique dry and not have you focused on, um, your partner, how this is impacting your bodies, your breath, how to respond while he's uh, attacking you. And now you're attacking him. You know, that would be doing you a horrible disservice. Um, because then you've got that in your muscle memory and in your, in your mind. And now I'm going to tell you, okay, now go back through everything we just did that you now have set, And now I want you to actually, be aware that you are being attacked and start actually acting. So um, even doing, uh, there's a exercise we do um, without even weapons and hands. And some people call it sticky hands. I learned it as push hands, Um, but just getting used to sharing energy with someone rocking back and forth and then actively trying to touch them, not having it just be kind of two people rocking back in space. And I know this is kind of hard to see or Mm -hmm. visualize without doing it, but you have like the back of your hand to the back of one of their hands and so you're actively trying to touch them while they're pushing you away. So once you think about, you know, actually cutting at someone with a sword, that would be you pushing forward with your hand while they would be obviously leaning away from it because who the hell would want to get hit by a sword totally. unless yeah. they're a loony. <laughs> um And then, you know, conversely, when you want to attack them, you're going to move forward. So getting used to responding that way. And then I think from there, I actually teach a class called Hero versus Coward. And you could take this a bunch of different ways, but it's taking the same choreography and changing your character. You know, Mm, Um, changing, you know, the choreography isn't going to change at all. But what if um, you have no desire to fight this person? Let's say also you have no skill whatsoever. (laughs) You know, your character, not you yourself, but your character has no skill. Great, so you have zero desire to fight and you have zero skill. Cool. Um, (laughs) Now this other person has a really high desire to fight you and let's say they're pretty good. That's not good odds. No, no. no. Is
0: it not at all.
3: And I mean, if you want to see um, one of my favorite examples is that is the court jester. Yes. Oh, so yes. It's a brilliant fight. And then that fight, you get to watch them go back and forth as uh, Danny Kaye, uh gets hypnotized and gets to go back and forth between being competent and incompetent. That's <laughs> so funny. So it's oh, a wow. lovely, it's an acting moment, really. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely scene to get to watch how his use of character informs the violence because the choreography is the same. It's just the way he's portraying it. Cool.
0: And I I think, I think what you were thinking was happening, Josh, was that like, there's a point where we try to like bend or break rules, but it's, she's yeah. It's the idea of the survivability and all of those flary kind of things Mm -hmm. is never like, it's not like a process that something comes later.
1: Okay. yeah, Yeah. Cause I, I guess I'd assumed what was happened was that if you put uh a weapon in someone's hand on like day one of training you spend the first x amount of time just going here are the things you don't do with this because you're going to hurt yourself or someone else mm-hmm. uh and then later they would be insert performance aspects of it
3: i mean i'll admit there are there are people i have fought and this is a very short list of people um where i feel very comfortable with them and so yeah, maybe we'll get a little bit closer. Maybe I'll allow them to do something to me that I might not let another fight partner do. But it's because we work really well together. We understand how each other's bodies move. In fact, um, one of my best friends, Zach Meyer, uh, he has freaking fast feet. Um, (laughs) So when we fight, I know that he can get the hell away. He also knows my point work is faster than his. Hmm. So I can get to him faster with my blade but he can run away faster. He also, as I've joked, has a turbo button. So it's literally (laughs) like, and he's gone. Mm -hmm. So we have had moments where I will go into a really deep lunge, deeper than I might have done for anybody else, because I know he won't be there. Hmm. Because he's just so flipping fast. (laughs) So whereas if I went to do that with someone else, I'd be like, I'm going to get you. (laughs) I know (laughs) I'm going to get you. So I'm going to cheat this and do a slightly smaller lunge. Because I know you don't move as fast.
0: To, to bring that to something that um, is very relevant for people who have seen the show Batsu that Josh and I both perform in, um, yeah. we have to pop a big red balloon in between us. Oh, by the way, Claire, I love you, but you should never see Batsu because I literally am hurt nightly with it, and that's the part of the show. You should yeah. see
2: Batsu, Claire. It, sh- it's worth
0: it. <laughs> it's a punishment g- game show. Anyway, um, <laughs> we have to um, pop a balloon in between us, and we actually had a big safety conversation recently fueled by me saying we need to talk about safety um because the balloon pop somebody broke their had a had an elbow crash into a nose and then there was a bloody nose on stage not good so okay. then yeah we started to talk about safety kind of stuff but Josh and I have done this show so many times together That we will like we don't do what we've decided, which is a perpendicular balloon pop um, on the floor. Josh and I still go face to face, which is funnier for the it's funnier for the audience. It's it it elevates it because it look it the point of the big balloon pop is that it kind of looks like we're dry uh, humping each other. Mm -hmm. It doesn't,
2: kind of. (laughs) It does. (laughs) It does. That's what it looks like.
0: So the fact that Josh and I can do that is because we've uh, I've known Josh for eight years, I think. Yeah, oh nine. Yes. Oh God. Oh, so, not, we, so that's the reason Josh and I can do that. But if I'm going on stage with uh, somebody for, like a Chicago sub in uh, Steve Grande, then I'm not gonna go, I'm, n- I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna go perpendicular. Oh, yeah. Not because I don't like him. Not I don't trust him.
4: Be
2: safe.
0: But we have to be safe for that kind of thing. Oh, by the way, there's a Bats of Chicago, Claire. You should go see it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I've got a hypothetical what-if question because I love those. Um, I'm, I'm, I love movies. You love movies, I'm sure. If you could plop yourself into any movie battle scene, what would it be and why? Oh, oh like,
3: my I like God! I like the like already. Christmas. <laughs> uh, but yet I'm like I can only pick one. Damn it! Ah. Uh, Okay. You could do 2. Um, I'll, I'll take um, 2. Um 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 oh my. Um I know. Hmm.
0: It's like being a kid in a candy store.
3: There's so many to choose from. I know, and that's why I'm like, well, I'd like to do that, but I'd like to do that. How could I do that? Um also, I think my brain is kind of stuck in stuff that I've recently been watching. Um uh-huh. so I'm torn because i just started watching and i'm i'm still very early so no spoilers but i've been watching outlander so i have you know the claymores and the broadswords and all of that in my head oh, yeah. as well as the guns <laughs> but then i finally saw atomic blonde so i have that in my head oh. like oh, yeah and um, i've always wanted to play kind of a Milady-esque character where if you think she's un- you finally unarmed her you're wrong or disarmed her rather you're yeah. wrong so I would mm. like to play whether it was a um, modernized character, so kind of like an assassiness character, like Charlize Theron, where you—it's implied that she always has another weapon, or she has the means to get another weapon, or really just she herself is the weapon. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, or you know something going back where we can start getting into you know knives and daggers and broadswords and some of that lovely stuff and you know maybe a m'lady kind of character but i think that would be either of those i think that would be oh, yeah, phenomenal totally. what was your first
2: yeah. I, i'm just gonna keep going because i want to uh yeah. what was your uh what was your first time where you were like I, this is what i love i want to do stage combat forever what
3: was the what was the
2: battle that got you into it hard mm-hmm. um so
3: uh it's such a funny moment um when i was in grad school so i had a very competitive program and whenever anything new popped up Everybody did it, undergrads and graduates. Um, and it was a very much keep up with the Joneses. Um, so we got a new head of movement. Um, the guy who had been there my first semester was very focused on, like, mime work. He had actually worked with Marceau so, Um, So he left. And then the very next semester we got D.C. Wright. Um, and the whole main focus shifted more to stage combat. So I took a rapier and dagger class, and I liked it. And then the next class coming up was broadsword. And I was like, I don't know about this. And took a little coaxing and got me in the class. And I just kept saying, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. Girls don't fight with broadswords. He's like, yes, they do. <laughs> then came the disemboweling day. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. So it just so happened the way the class was lined up, watching DC disembowel his TA. <laughs> all were, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> great. I'll <laughs> see women are on, like, one side of the room. I'm standing in the middle, and all the guys are on the right side of the room. <laughs> and so he does this horrible thing to this guy, and all the women make, like, horrible shrill noises, and all the guys say, like, yes, or some kind of, like, grunt you know, and appreciation. <laughs> and then you hear me, that's awesome! <laughs> yes. right in the middle. And I got the worst stink eye from the women, and I just took a sidestep over by the guys. Yes. I think I'm different, yes. um, and I think I'm going to stay here, so that was really the day where I was like, I, I really think this is my thing, and some of the things my teacher had been saying to me finally kind of sank in, um, because I was, that was not my focus, my original plan was to uh, become a voice teacher, and I was going to keep doing musical theater, and so, was wow, so different. <laughs> It, I completely decided in that moment to change my entire life plan and uh, <laughs> become a movement teacher, focus on uh, Laban and stage combat, and do that instead. So it was one of those like, oh my god, I'm gonna do something! Wow, this is not all. On disemboweling yeah. day. What yeah, a great yeah, day! It. All on <laughs> disemboweling day, which yes. you know. Huh.
0: I mean, it also explains why when she said, "I can, I do, I would kill them in the the worst ways," oh, yeah. earlier, she was like smiling. Oh yeah, she loves disemboweling <laughs> Loves like, some, yes. loves her some killing and disemboweling. Yes. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I mean, I uh, it's funny. Like, I, I wish there was probably a picture of my face because I think about watching. I was sitting watching John Wick Two with a friend the other night. Yeah and uh, something would happen I'd go oh! <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm like if anyone like a normal like non-theatrical person saw that they'd be like that woman is nuts <laughs> I'm like, no I'm like I'm really lovely it's just this is what I do <laughs> yeah.
0: and and you and you definitely are I do have to actually cut us off we've been going for oh. over 45 minutes now like wow. it's the conversation just flows when I'm it gets going so
2: cool man <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you so much for calling in with us today, Claire. This sure, is this thank has been you guys
2: for having me. This awesome, has been lovely. Yeah,
1: this was a pleasure to talk to you. This was great, Claire. Thank you. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we do we do have to get going. I know I I felt like I leveled up again today. Uh, oh it's, yeah, it's really cool. I love level it.
1: up. Yep. Oh
0: yeah, level up. I love it. So um, time to sign off. Um, as always, I'm Peter the Geek.
1: I am Kill Josh.
0: Hashtag Kill Josh.
2: Mm-hmm. Bill Murray. <laughs>
0: Apparently the real Bill Murray, but anyways, thank you again for listening, guys, and we'll see you at the next level. Thank you so much. (laughs) Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our show. If you liked Geek XP, help us out by becoming a contributor on our Patreon. We have bonus content, raffles, and more at Patreon.com/slash Your Geek XP. Geek XP is recorded live at Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Peter Hargard. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Peter Hargarden, the senior producer of podcasts here, and on behalf of everyone who worked on the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To connect with the geeks, follow us at YourGeekXP on Facebook and Twitter. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com.
4: Boom.